Fantasy Podcast, Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. And Brian, we did it, man. NFL Sunday. It's here. It was great. I ignored my family for hours. I don't know about you, but it felt good. Oh, absolutely. Football, football part. It does feel good. We have, at least for right now, knock on wood, we have football. We, a lot of uncertainty if we would have NFL football. We have it, and it started on time. Um, to piggyback what you're saying about family time or the lack thereof. So, yeah, it was like we started out, everybody sort of slept in this morning. Oh, maybe go take a walk. It might get a little rain gray later. That never happened. I yeah. think uh, my, uh, my wife, between my wife and my two kids, I spent one day in one room, like the afternoon in one room. My wife spent the day in like our office, part of our bedroom all day. One kid in the family room, another kid like locked in a bedroom. None of us saw each other for like eight hours. Four human beings that never actually saw each other's faces from like 1.30 until like 6.30. Listen, we got, so. a lot of, we got a lot of family time credit in the bank right now. We do. For this pandemic, we've been down each other's throats for months. So today was one of those days I had a great day, you know, slept in a little bit myself. I went for a walk, much like yourself. Um, both my kids had hockey stuff today. So I was able to watch a little hockey, watch some football, watch a little hockey, watch some football. I'm at work, watch a little baseball. So I've had eight games up on different screens. So it's, it's been fun. And you know what? If more than anything else, it felt normal. It felt normal. That's felt all. as normal as we're going to get yeah. uh, right now. But I agree with you. And I haven't, I don't know about you, but Again, I've been uh, I've been Mr. Red Zone today. I've been I basically put the Red Zone channel on for those who know who that is, and I just put the remote down for the next seven hours or six hours. I can't do math, but and it, so jumping around and getting a taste of every game today, I haven't really noticed. And I know they're pi they're piping in fake sound. I haven't noticed like the lack of fans being a big deal. It's no. a huge deal in basketball because they're playing in like a big gym with like video things of fans. But it didn't feel super weird so far uh, with football today. It's funny. I, I just on social media watching people comment about that. And some people were complaining about the different, you know, the change of possessions on a turnover or something. The crowd noise doesn't change. Who cares? I, I, care. I think this for if you're a diehard fan, you know, if you're someone like yourself, tonight when your team is playing, we're taping this on the Sunday afternoon, the Cowboys are about an hour from kick. You're a Cowboy fan, as everyone knows. You're not going to care. You're watching. And I think uh, all sports, the people that hate having no fans the most are directors for those nonsensical cutaway shots of fans holding their hands or, you know, just show the action. And so we're seeing more action than ever. And um, I think that's a good transition to the action on the field today. Um, kicked off Thursday night, but I really wanted to start with Cam Newton and the Patriots because I think that's the story in this parts of the woods, just as far as his day-to-day -day. two touchdowns, Looked like he had a good control of the offense, kept things simple. What were your thoughts of Cam Newton? Yeah, not spectacular, but not disappointing, not not down at all. He did some old-style Cam stuff. He led the league uh, – led the league. He led his team in rushing today with 75 yards. You mentioned the two rushing touchdowns. Didn't have huge passing numbers, but, you know, I don't think that's a big deal right now especially. And because, as we know, with Bill Belichick, he's not going to – he does not going to care about the aesthetics. The best game plan for this week is to just, hey man, we can just run, we can just, we can just control this game and win this game and keep this game, you know, going our way if we just keep the ball on the ground. And they did because not only because the way you know that is not just from Cam's rushing numbers, but this game, a one o'clock game, was over before three forty-five. Yeah. All the other, all the other one o'clock games were still like ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the Pats game, you know, Cam's like kneeling down. 
So yeah, they just kept the ball going on the ground and ran the clock, ran the ball and ran the clock. This was 1985 football. Run the ball three to- two times, three times, maybe pass once in a while. And you know what? I, I knew the Patriots were going to win in the first quarter when they just were jamming it down the throats of the Dolphins. And they weren't going to make mistakes. You know, they had a couple turnovers today, but they weren't going to make mistakes to lose a game, and they didn't. So Bill Belichick doing what he does. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to throw a little credit out to Miami because this is one of those games that it could have been like, they could have seen the writing on the wall, and we've seen this over the years when people go into Foxborough. They get they get down ten nothing early. They get to said, you know what, it ain't happening. Let's just we know that even even they don't say that mentally, that starts to maybe creep in. Yeah. They hung in there. It was in doubt for a little while. They got it to within a score, and then New England sort of sealed it late. Um, but yeah, I thought a good debut. I, you couldn't ask for more. For I mean, you could if he had three for five touchdowns, but yeah. realistically, it was a good debut. And I don't know about you, also. We'll get to the Bears later because the Bears, they're, they're, they ruined my whole – what my whole narrative of, of, of this was going to be was like, how do teams like the Bears and some other teams – Yes. How do they let Cam Newton sit at home all damn summer long and then trot out some of the quarterbacks that we see trot, uh, that got trotted uh, – trotted is trotted a word – that trotted out there today. And then Mitchell Trubisky throws three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make you look like a horse's ass. I know. After being god-awful, he was like four for 12 at one point against the not-world-beater Detroit Lions. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for screwing up my my narrative, Mitch. (laughs) Yeah. And I also had the Lions minus three, so thanks again for that. Yes. I was going to save that for later, but since you brought it up, that is why I saw so many people. I was questioning myself, taking the Lions and the over, and I just – you know what? The culture is the culture is the culture in Detroit, and that is to find a way to lose games, whether you're Matt Patricia or Wayne Fonts or whoever the hell's coaching that team. You're right. Lose. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong a couple weeks down the road, but today is everything you need to see about the Detroit Lions. Can't I mean, let me do my rap- touchdown pass in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, let me do my Mad Dog Russo impression earlier this week. Like, you cannot lose that game. You cannot lose that game. No. You cannot lose that game. No. They did. Uh, so Cam, Cam Newton, 15 carries, 75 yards, throws for 155, but did, did everything he needed to do. Early in the week, uh, I wanted to just kind of backtrack. The Chiefs, still the Chiefs. We all picked them, I think, to beat Houston. How Bill O'Brien still has a job is beyond me. That team is so undisciplined. But the Chiefs add another weapon at running back and just don't miss a beat. And I think I told you this uh, on our preview show. The pressure is off the Chiefs. I just think they're going to just have a nice 13-win type year. I agree with you. Um, there's nothing that went up Thursday night that would say, oh, man, they really missed this, that, or the other thing. They don't. You mentioned Damian Williams uh, opting out this year because of, you know, just decided not to play for, you know, because of, during the COVID pandemic. I still can't get the name of the running the running back's name from LSU, the rookie yeah. Yeah. Uh, who went crazy, you know, a buck 25 the other night. Yep. Didn't You're right. Just, I mean, it's not – you say things like plug and play, but that's really hard to do. Dude, plug and play. Yep. In this running back, we don't need to change anything. Keep going. Still got a, you know, still got the tight end. Still got Tyreek Hill. Still got Michael Har- Har- Hardman. You know, tons of speed. They're fine. I mean, yep. they are what they are. Defense will be just good enough. Yep, just enough. And uh, the it looks like Deshaun Watson looked bad, quite frankly. Um, but I don't know how much help he's getting. Fun guy to watch. Just got paid. Got paid a lot. But yep. yeah, that was a that was a ho hum game. Other end of the spectrum, uh, the Jets. Uh, just the idea that they go three and out in like their first three drives is just, it is, it, it, it just, it makes your hair hurt how just 
The Jets are trying to rebuild. I get it with a young quarterback. They don't have any talent on the team. They don't give the ball to Le'Veon Bell. I've rushed it six times. Didn't play the second half because of a hamstring issue. If you're going to rebuild, fire the coach and really rebuild. You can't rebuild with a, with a coach who's awful. Well, you, you, you said culture a few weeks, a few weeks, a few minutes ago to, uh, to talk about the Lions. I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, it's that cliche, same old Jets. Penalties all over the place, just embarrassing. No. Embarrassing. I'm, I'm one of the, you know, I, I was saying last week during our, our NFL preview, I'm still one of the guys that's on the Sam Darnold bandwagon. I don't think he's had much of a chance because Me of the too. environment. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm not off yet, but I'm, I'm looking at maybe one of the, one of, one of the stops down the road of hopping off because he was awful today. He still makes terrible decisions and I get he doesn't have any help. Yeah. The thing about the Jets, and I'm not going to, we're not going to, I'm not, this is why we're talking about the Jets more local angle than the, than the Lions, but the two teams in the, same predicament in that you're going to have to fire this coach anyway. The thing to have, to do to have done is you got you, the Jets should have been doing this last year. Listen, we screwed up. It's a lost year. We hired the wrong guy. We know it after sixteen after sixteen games. They're going to have to do it anyway now, Eric. Except now that's another wasted year of a young quarterback. You're still not sure if he's any good. Yep. Um, and then hell, he might you might have to get rid of this guy and give it to freaking. Let freaking Greg Williams be your interim coach by October. And then, you know what? It's funny you said that. Funny you said that, but then Greg Williams is the same guy who's got guys third and five jumping off sides, which drives me on. It just, it's, oh, it drives me nuts. Yeah. I don't know where Greg Williams has gotten this reputation. I don't, I, we we know some of them that when Greg Williams got hired as the defensive coordinator a couple of years ago after being in Cleveland, like some Jets fans like, yeah, this will bring some, like, where does Greg Williams get this definition of being like, you know, Chuck Noll, Bill Belichick, and, you know, I can't think of it. You know, they never make, he's defense is never make a big stop. He, they never make a big stop ever. They're yeah. a bully defense, like the, the Buddy Ryan types and the, you know, the Rex Ryan types. They're, they're a bully defense. Yeah. And then in a big spot on third and seven, they can't make a stop. No, you bully said they're, they're, they're a bully defense. They want to talk all this talk about they're going to punish you, they're going to hit you, they're going to be physical. That's great, except when you screw up coverages over and over and over and over again, and you're undisciplined and you have a bunch of penalties. Then all that tough talk about being a physical defense doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. No, it so doesn't. the Jets, I mean, yeah, that was the takeaway. The Jets are a mess. Yeah, and, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on them. A couple other things that I, I saw today. We're watching the Buccaneers-Saints game. The the Bucks have made some terrible mistakes. That's going to drive Brady nuts. I mean, last yeah. You know, I mean, the last the kickoff, they fumble, and he's not going to – I mean, it's just – listen, Brady, I, I was looking forward to watching the game. He goes right down the field, gets a touchdown. They're down 34-17, just the, the team, another team that just makes too many. Yeah, games, you know? I think I saw they had eight – eight penalties for 88 yards. And I know New Orleans is up there with penalties too, but New Orleans is a better, right now, a better coach team. They have more seasoned team and they're, they've been there before and they, they look like they know what they're doing because quite honestly, and this goes for Brady too. Um, they mentioned the top of this game. This is the first game in NFL history where both starting quarterbacks are over the age of 40. And if you had watched this game, I don't care about the score. If you watched the game, both these guys look like quarterbacks over the age of 40. Neither one's played very well. No, no, they have not. They're both on their last leg here. They are. You know, I don't blame Tampa Bay for making the move. It's, it sells tickets, got the fan base fired up that can't go to games, unfortunately. But it's, I don't blame them for doing it, but they're both – they're on their last leg. And, again, we're, we're doing the thing – we're already starting to fall into it where it happens every year in the NFL. Like, week one, people overreact. Like, for all I know and you know, 
the Saints are wouldn't be a huge surprise. Let's say the Bucks will be thirteen and three, and like week one will be a memory. It might as well have been like ten years ago. So people always go a little crazy. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Right now, Arizona, my little underdog Cardinals, just taken I think a four point lead over the Niners with about five minutes left. Yep, saw that. I picked the 49ers in that game. Two things that jumped out at me: the Jaguars beating the Colts. Again, you're so worried. I, I I remember looking at that game and saying. Am I going to pick the Colts? The Jaguars are terrible, but they're home. And again, here's the no fan thing. So you're playing in an empty arena. Those are the types of things I worry about. The, the Jaguar game bothered me. And the other game that, that just jumps off the page at you is the, Reds, the Redskins. The Washington team beating the Eagles. I didn't watch a play of that game. Maybe you had a better insight on that. A lot of that. I what happened too. in that game? The red zone, was, especially late when the Eagles were coming, when the football team, the Washington team was coming back. Uh, red zone went heavily to that game a lot. I want to jump back to the first game. Jacksonville, surprisingly, uh, like Kansas City, although I was a little surprised because of the status Florida's in with, with COVID, Jacksonville did have fans. I don't know what the percentage was. They did have fans. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, yeah. Fans, well, I meant, you know, that 80,000, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, Phillip Rivers doing, I mean, Chargers fans have seen this the last few years as he's gotten older. They had a chance down the end. They're, they're, they're driving down the field. I think either tie it or take the lead. And he throws just a dumb, dumb killer interception. Just yeah. like, what are you doing? Haven't you been in the league 15 years and you still make that throw type of interception? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the Washington game was weird. Um, a couple things on Washington, a couple things on Philly. Philly came out. They weren't playing great, but they jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Everyone said, that's all you're going to need against this offense. Against this, uh, offense. Um, from about the second quarter on, Wentz was awful. To the fact that even Dan Orlovsky, uh, Sheldon Connecticut's own biggest yeah. uh, Wentz fan of the world, works up at ESPN. Even he went on Twitter and said Carson Wentz is killing his team right now. He's killing his team. Oh, right. I didn't see that. Wow. Oh, yeah. He, Wentz was awful. He was sacked eight times through two interceptions, uh, three fumbles. Well, does it give him credit? Awful because he got sacked eight times? And yeah, happy to give him credit, Chase Young – on an already, we forget about it because they're so bad overall. On our over, adding to an all, added to an all already pretty good front four, yeah, they're going to be a problem. Yeah, because and I know the Eagles' uh, front uh, offensive line was banged up today, missing some starters. I'm not saying the football team, Washington team, is going to be a good team. That front four is going to be a problem. And Chase Young, one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. He looked every bit of the every bit of the hype. And you know what? The, the Washington has what the Jets need. They have an adult in the room. Ron yeah. Rivera. Ron Rivera. Ron went for it like on fourth, fourth and one when his team was trailing by three late in the game, uh, by four, I believe, late in the game. You know, they scored 27 unanswered points. Uh, and Dwayne Haskins, when I saw him, didn't look that bad. He even ran a little bit for a guy who doesn't have mobility. So, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Seattle, I picked them to win. At, uh, this is another game I struggled with, but I did pick the Seahawks in our preview show. I don't remember what my three – I know I picked the Seahawks, the, the Giants, and I forget who my other game was, uh, who I picked. But anyway, Seahawks uh, win 38-25. Actually, it was a Detroit game, I think. Maybe I picked. I don't recall. But anyway, Seahawks go on the road and get a good win in Atlanta. Break this down. I know I do it. I wrote it down at my house. doesn't help yeah, me. Yeah. Um, like we talked a little bit, a lot of like up and down quarterback play, even from veterans today. Maybe chalk that off to no no preseason games or not as much work or whatever. No no off season until training camp. You know who you know who was awesome today? Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Four, a couple three, of the highlights. Thirty one out of thirty five, three hundred plus yards, four touchdowns. 
Two of his four incompletions were drops. He was amazing from where I watched the highlights. Uh, I saw, thought Seattle was going to be down this year, that people were overrating them. I don't know, man. If, if Pete Carroll actually lets Russell Wilson just drive the car and isn't like, we got to run the ball and run the ball, just lets him cook, they're going to be really dangerous. He looked awesome today. So is Baltimore this good or is Cleveland that bad? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 275 yards passing, three touchdowns, ran for another 45. The Browns, Baker Mayfield, 21 to 39 for 189, a touchdown and a pick. And I'm just looking at all these names. You know, Kareem Hunt got 13 carries today for 72 yards. Nick Chubb only 10 carries. Odell Beckham Jr., three catches for 22 yards. There you go. Yeah. And remember when he was the best receiver in the league, according to a lot of people in New York? Including himself. Yeah. yeah. As he's, he is one of the biggest wastes of talent that this you're, league is. You're so right. I mean, I don't – but it, it's that whole team, man. Even though I was – trying to keep tabs of all the games. I, I got to be honest. You know, I think I saw, even when that game was on, I, I think I, I was like scrolling Twitter. I mean, the Browns to me, even, I don't know why. I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't care. Yeah. They were down early and they're down like, this game's over. They're not, they didn't do anything. Picks every day against Minnesota. 30, what was it like 34 to, to six? I don't know what the final score was. It's just the Browns, man. 38-6 was the final. Another game, I, w- I picked the Packers in our, in our pick-ems at work. 43-34 over the Vikings. That score surprised me a little bit. Uh, they did talk about the Minnesota defense having some issues, and, it, and that's true. Aaron Rodgers picked him apart, you know, just when he can throw the ball like he did today. You know, yeah. 32 of 44 for 364 and four touchdowns. I picked the Vikes, I think, getting two and a half as a home favorite. Um, I was definitely wrong about that. And the announcers got to say something, and they did say that this was the uh, one of the – biggest shreddings of a Mike Zimmer defense ever. So yeah. Minnesota, who's calling card is their defense, not off to a great start. Um, I want by the way, I'm sitting here watching Cincinnati with uh, Joe Burrow, who's looked pretty good. I've only seen a little bit of this, trying to kick the extra, uh, trying to kick a field goal to send the Chargers Bengals game into overtime. Whoopee for them. Three a couple points. things. I still think the Chargers suck. Yeah. Uh, but their uniforms are friggin' awesome. Yep. Second of all, I'm reminded that the – oh, and he missed it. He shanked a 22-yard field goal. Unbelievable. Wow. Sorry, guys. Live football. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. How do you shank that? And the line was three in the game, so it's a push. It's a push. Oh, Joe Burrows. Dude, welcome to Cincinnati, man. You played better. Culture. Culture. There you go. Culture. But good news. Uh, the first Thursday night game of the year coming up uh, coming up this Thursday night. Uh, get the, With the kids, get, get the, put the pot of coffee on. Don't miss this one. Bengals and Browns. Oh, oh, oh! This is weird. The the Colts kicker on the Colts. The Bengals kicker like pulled um pulled something as he kicked. That's why he couldn't kick it. Like he pulled a a, a hamstring or something. Ah, oh, that's got. How suck. about the uh, let's talk about the Raiders. Raiders go down to Carolina. That's a that's a good win for the Raiders. Rebuilding. It, it, it is a Carolina's win. rebuilding as well. But to go across the country and win that, it's a good it's a good win. It's a good win for them, and I was almost this. I was this close to taking Carolina as a home dog this week because traditionally the Raiders go on the East Coast at one o'clock start time, and they like they lay an egg. Yeah. And I thought, you know, a little little juice with the new head coach in Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater. He's he's not bad. He's not he's not Joe Montana, but he's serviceable. I thought they could maybe. I thought them uh, giving up being a home dog was like gimme a gimme and I was wrong about that so I'm glad I didn't take that yeah a little back and forth and the Raiders look look pretty good so a little something for Vegas baby 
34 30. Uh, I think we hit all the games pretty much. You mentioned the Bears Lions game. Uh, we, yeah, we hit them all. So, an interesting card. Saints are going to uh, beat the beat the Bucks 34 17 five minutes ago. 49ers and Cardinals is a close game with four uh, a minute 14 left. Yeah. So, keep our eye on all those. But uh, we bounced through all of them tonight. Your team plays. You feeling uh, confident? You looking forward to just sitting down and watching? Looking forward to just sitting down and watching. You can't get too high or too low against after week one unless your team just, I know, pulls the Jets. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the Rams are. I think the Rams might be better than they were last year. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure how to read the Rams. I think I picked them fourth because in their division because I couldn't quite settle, settle on where what they were, and I had a better read on the other three teams in the AFC West. But I don't know. And then, so, um, but you're right. Looking forward to watching some Sunday night football with a, with Alan, Chris, and the gang. And then tomorrow night, we got a uh, Giants Steelers. hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could see the Cowboys game being like 35-31 tonight. So I'm looking for Yeah, that feels like it could be that. You know, wide open, a lot of offense maybe in that game. Uh, new head coach, no train, no no exhibition games. You know, the Rams, I know nobody's there, but maybe they get a little juice from bringing their brand new shiny stadium in L.A. Um, yeah, so we'll see. And then again, we'll have to – Steelers Giants on Monday Night Football, as you mentioned, when this drops, we will have not seen it. So we'll talk about them next week, but I'm looking forward to watching that game as well. All right, we got to take a timeout, Brian. You got to uh, do some reading here because we're going oh, yeah. to shift gears quickly after this and talk to baseball. Will there be playoff baseball in New York? And also, uh, interesting movie and birthday talk. Brian, take it away. Yeah, Instacart. Groceries delivered in as little as one hour, especially if you just want to save yourself a trip to the market. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area to deliver groceries from your favorite stores. You don't have to go to like some store you don't like or some store you're not familiar with. Instacart will deal with your favorite stores and help you out there. Um, and here's another good news. Here's some other good news. Uh, free delivery of your first order of over $35. So that's nice. That helps. And again, multiple stores available. The products you love from those stores. Hand selected by shoppers based on your preferences. Delivered to your door in as fast as one hour. And Instacart highlights deals to help save you money. They find everything you usually buy. And as they get to know what you like, they get to learn your preferences. They'll start making some suggestions. They also pick the freshest produce. And most importantly, we all know this, they protect those eggs. You, you buy 12 eggs, you're going to get 12 eggs, not 11 and one cracked egg, 12 eggs. So yeah. And by the way, if you go onto this week's episode of the EDBC podcast, you'll see a link for instacart.com. You click on that link and go up there to instacart.com, set up your account. Again, you'll get your first order of over $35 with free delivery. Plus, you'll help give a little love for our show. So if you feel like shopping from the couch sometime soon, just you know, dial up the Instacart app and sign aboard. Instacart makes it easy. Well done, Brian. Well done. Thank you. Hey, uh, just some news. I just saw this three minutes ago. Cam Newton suffered a pulled left hamstring during the game today. So have to see uh, what happened. He did finish the game, showed no issues towards the end. I know someone asked him about it, but we'll see uh, what happens. So dicey. And hey, in that uh, Cardinals 49ers game, Zach Allen went to do a Canaan High School at his first career sack. So, well, Zach good for him. Good for Canaan High School with a sack. So, and it looks like if I'm looking for all you wondering about this, uh, fourth down and Cardinals break up the pass, and the Cardinals are going to start their season by winning on the road against the defending NFC, uh, NFC champions. Good win for the Cards. I, again, I like the Cardinals. I had a little dark horse. That's, I'll just leave with that. I know we're going to go over to baseball now. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. The NFL, the NFC West, we talked about that's tricky and it is going to be tricky. All right, quickly to baseball before we take another break. Uh, you said to me both teams on the outside looking in, you're talking about the New York teams, Yankees, Mets, Red Sox are out already. Uh, Yankees won their fifth straight game on Sunday against Baltimore. Mets lost to Toronto. Mets are shot. Yankees, I think, have righted the ship. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I don't know what uh, – they're a wild card. they got to play the Blue Jays seven more times before the season's over, and that's the team that they're half a game or a game behind right now. So that'll work itself out. But I think the Yankees were in a terrible slump, unwatchable, but they should be fine going forward. Yeah, you're right. This has sort of righted itself a little bit. Um, tail, once again, a tale of two teams in the same city. Mets have gone backward in the last five days. The Yankees have gotten themselves back on the right groove. But I think the fact that five days ago, certainly more so the Yankees, the Mets, you know, expectations were tempered at best. Yeah. But the fact that like as soon as little as five days ago, and the fact that they still haven't like, they're not a cinch for the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's stunning. Nobody, even the, the most, even the even Yankee haters like myself, Never thought that would even be in question with the expanded 16, uh, 16 team playoffs. That you know, one of those eight teams from the American League is going to be the Yankees. So probably be the maybe the third seed if they stumble. Yeah. Kind of weird, or however they Listen, see it. I don't know. All you got to do is get in. I mean, you know, I think someone was asking Garrett Cole about this about his struggles, and he said, "Listen, if this was a regular year, this would have been my seventh start. We'd be approaching Memorial Day right now." Yeah. Weird. And, you know, it just kind of puts it in perspective. He goes out and throws a complete game shutout on Friday night. So it is what it is. Uh, I think the I think the Yankees will be in the playoffs. Just get there, and we'll see what happens. That's all that matters. And that's oh, I was it. thinking of you. I texted you last night on Saturday night. Get nothing from you. You weren't watching the yeah. game. Just ignoring me. I wasn't trolling you. I think you were, but that's okay. You can't get picked off to end the game and then say I thought I was safe afterwards when the replay said you were out. Well, the replay wasn't even – yeah, getting picked off to end the game. That's just so – The best part of it, and you say it all the time, is just the, how annoyed Keith Hernandez was. Oh, you can't do that. That can't happen. Well, he's oh. Mr. Fundamentals. I mean, you're just – when yes. you're a league player and you make these stupid mistakes that you're literally a coach would ream you out for, like, what are you doing – you know, it's a guilty pleasure when you're watching a team you don't care about, but you want to listen to their fans or their announcers moan and groan. So I know. it is yeah. what it is. Like everyone who, when the Yankees are losing, you, you got to turn on John and Susan because they're miserable and it makes you happy. You know, That's how you... it is what misery it is. Just, your misery doesn't give me happiness. Sure. Yes, please. All right. We're going to take one more time out. We come back. We're going to talk a movie that turns 30, which I can't believe 30. And then a couple of birthdays uh, on the list. Uh, sl a slim week for birthdays. Sorry, slim week for birthdays. A lot of people are dead, but other than yeah. that. Yeah, well, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Brian has a spot to read from our favorite friends at All's Well, I believe. So yep, All's Well, oh, yeah. All's Well Mattresses. All's Well believes in the power of good night's sleep. It's been their guiding principle since launch. That's why they've designed mattresses to make good sleep accessible to all. Great mattresses at affordable, affordable prices. The Allswell mattress, the Alls, it's actually called Allswell, features a hybrid mattress technology combining the best of both worlds, memory foam and individually wrapped coils for a winning blend of comfort and support. That, their goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. And the result is the Allswell Queen mattress. It starts at $345. And no, I'm reading that right, even though I'm bad at math. Three, four, five, with a dollar sign preceding it. Three hundred and forty-five dollars for the Allswell Queen. That's awesome. Plus that, we're talking free shipping, ten-year limited warranty, hundred-night free risk trial, and financing. Sell it, Brian. Sell it. Financing as low as zero percent. Oh, one more thing. 
If you go on to this week's CDBC podcast, see the little link there for allswellhome.com, click on that link, do some shopping for yourself. You get 15% off total purchase and you show a little up for, all, for our show. All's well. Sleep well with all's well and save. All right. We've uh, talked about birthdays, movies, all kinds of great stuff over the last few weeks of this podcast. Goodfellas, a classic movie, turned 30. Hard to believe, 1990. 30 years ago this week, September, which I was reading was oftentimes a like a dumping ground for movies. You know, end of summer blockbusters. Summer blockbusters are over. Christmas movies haven't hit the theaters yet. Well, you know, Goodfellas, I mean, not, not a dumping ground movie. No. Um, 30 years old. I don't, people ask me like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite book? What's your favorite pair of socks? What's your favorite uh, member of the Bee Gees? Hard questions for me to answer. Yes. I think this, I think this is my favorite movie of all time. It's a, it's definitely a top 10 for me. I don't know if it'd be top five, but it's up there. Great soundtrack, great acting. Martin Scorsese at the height of his powers as a director. You know, it's funny. Speaking of Scorsese, I don't want to sidetrack this too much because I know we don't have a lot of time, but, um, I watched Mean Streets for the first time the other day. Have you ever seen Mean Streets? I haven't seen it for years. That's an awful movie. It's awful. a little it's a little rough around the edges if I remember with Harvey Keitel. Yes. Like a very, very, very young Bobby De Niro. Yep. And there's a couple other actors that you see in other um, yeah. stories over the years. David Proval. Stock company of actors. Uh, yes. Which AC does. But I turned it on because the kids were doing Zoom calls in class and I had like two hours to myself I had to kill. So I popped on Netflix, threw it on, and I couldn't wait till it to end. But I had to watch the end because I was waiting for it. So that was just an awful movie. And Taxi Driver, I've never seen, is next on my queue of movies to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen Taxi Driver in a while. Uh, it's not one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, my Scorsese, I mean, this and like Raging Bull are like my two favorite Scorsese ones. Or like, if you want I know it's a documentary, but The, uh, the Last Waltz is great if you love that music. Yeah. Uh, but this is like, I just love everything about it. There's not a wasted moment. It's like, if you're somehow mob movies, like I'm one of those guys, I always watch a mob movie and this is just like perfect. There's no wasted dialogue. The casting's great. I don't think there's really like a wasted scene. No, it's, a movie, it's a movie you can jump in. It's a long movie, it's like two and a half hours, but you can jump in anywhere and just stick with it the whole way. Like you're not going to, you know, get up and you're going to be glued to the couch. And Interesting thing about this, last couple weeks ago, one of those wacky casting things that I love in movies, um, you, were talk, you were talking about your appreciation for the Ed Burns film, She's the One, the comedy, yeah. romantic comedy from like 1997, which I also really enjoyed. Yep. And I was reminded that Billy Batts was in She's the One. Jennifer Aniston's father. He played, he played Jennifer Aniston's father. Frank Vincent, who was also in The Sopranos. He passed away a yeah. couple of years ago, I think. But uh, a great also, character actor. Yeah, also, uh, like you mentioned before, it was in Raging Bull. Well, you know, yep. did some, you know, just always one of those type of guys. I, yeah, he did in The Sopranos. Played a little typecast. I think he was on a few Law & Order episodes, too, as sort of that type of guy. But, yep. yeah, that was just, that was great. But you're, I could spend, I could do a podcast on Goodfellas and some of the wacky trivia and some of the casting things. Uh, Ray Liotta was, like, the second or third choice. But I think Ray, that was, like, he was sort of an unknown, and Pesci was still kind of an unknown. He hadn't done much yet, and they were both perfect for those roles. Yeah, he'd been in a bunch of stuff. It was Home Alone. Home Alone was after. Uh, yeah, Home Alone was after. He had done like he'd been like he had done Easy Raging Money. Bull. He was in. He'd been in some other stuff. He'd done like yeah, he had done like Raging Bull when he was really an unknown. It's like his first film, and then that was ten years before. Then like three years later, he does Easy Money, and then that's sort of it. Then he comes back and like, oh, the Easy Money guy. That's him. Okay, 
And then his career took off after that. So yeah, I'm like you though. Like that was 30 years ago. Wow. Saw this in the movie theaters yep. 30 years ago. Was listening to Lorraine Bracco on a podcast the other day talking about her being casted for that. You know, she was a, she was a model in France and Paris, was married to Harvey Keitel, wanted to get in acting, had some roles. Uh, met Scorsese, he uh, cast her in some different things. Uh, some things didn't work out, but long story short, he invited her over to her apartment and said, I have a role for you in this movie I'm doing. And Ray Liotta was there in the apartment and the two of them hung out. They had some drinks, everyone just, and Scors she said Scorsese just wanted to see how they'd act around each other in real life. And they walked out of there with the role. That's how much he enjoyed seeing the two of them hanging out together, so. Yeah, and it worked, the whole thing worked with him. Great. You know. The whole he's got to cover his cross because there were Jewish parents and her yeah. father was double oh. digesting food. It was perfect. Beating the hell out of the kid across the street with a, oh this gun and then handing it to her. Hey, hold this. It, it's a brutal scene, but it's just like it's one of those scenes. Just like, it's perfect filmmaking. So yeah. I love Goodfellas. Makes me feel old that it's thirty, but I'm I'm glad it's here. And of course, uh, the one again we've uh, we, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up in a minute. But and this has been done to death. But one of the great tragedies in Academy Award history. Nominated for it, but lost Best Picture that year, too. Dances with Wolves. Never saw it. Of course you didn't see it. Who wants to see Kevin Costner hang out in the, you know, with a bunch of wolves for three hours? Never saw it. People rave, yeah, never saw it. We'll never see that movie. And, and, and you know, how much staying power does that have? Meanwhile, we're sitting here talking about Goodfellas 30 years later. Enough. Yeah. All, All right. right, so we're going from, uh, to, from Goodfellas to those couple of birthdays, including one guy who... A lot of great movies. Good character guy was in um, The Sopranos. Played a really good role in the I think the fourth season. He came along. Yep. Uh, he, he was in the um, Harrison Ford movies. There, the um, the uh, the um, Fugitive, Fugitive, and the whatever the U.S. Marshals. Yeah. Yes, Marshals with Wesley Snipes. After. Joe Pantaleone. I can't say his name. Pantaleone. Pantaleone. Yep. Um, I think we first were introduced to him with so many movies in the eighties and nineties, and even the aughts. I think we were first introduced to him in Risky Business where he played Guido the Killer Pimp. Yes. Yes. Selling back Joel's furniture at the end. Classic. Uh, Eddie, and then one of my, not again, not one of my, maybe one of my top five or top 10 favorite movies, uh, Midnight Run, where he played Eddie Moscone. Had a great scene in that. A couple great scenes. Awesome. You mentioned he was, how good he was in Sopranos. He's just one of those guys. Like, just always like, oh, that guy's here. Like he's gonna be okay. We know it's gonna be a good. It'll be a good character because this guy's doing the character. I love it. It's great. Let me take. Anyway, I guess Joe's. I, I was a little surprised. I thought just because he's been around for like almost forty years. I thought I was a little surprised by this. You wanna age guess, Joe? I'll say sixty-five. Oh, I I thought I thought a little older. Joe is sixty-nine. No kidding. So we're in the ballpark. All right. The ballpark. Now listen. Your next birthday, you put on the list a rock drummer, uh, Neil Peart, and I just want to tell you that I started reading the book that you recommended, Ghost Rider. I'm about 50 pages into it or so, around four chapters. It's heavy reading. It is definitely yeah. heavy reading. Um, but it's one of those things where I, I read about a chapter at a time, put it down, I'll go pick it up. Um, but it's definitely an interesting journey. We don't have to recap it, but... Uh, it's heavy reading, you're right. It's not a, it's not like a, it's not, it's not always uplifting. It's not a light read, but it's, 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 an interesting one. We'll leave he it there. passed away in 2017. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but yeah, he said he would have celebrated a birthday this week. They actually honored him this weekend. I don't know if you knew that. Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and a couple other guys all honored him and his work this weekend for. Yeah, Chicago. and I just you know I usually I stay away from like you know people that have passed. Yeah. Uh, 
but I was reading about that tribute, so I just thought I made a little exception this week. Like he would have. You, you want to guess what? You, I, I, I don't know what. Let's not even guess. Yeah, yeah. He would, he would have been sixty-eight. Yep, that's what I would have guessed. Peter Scolari so, is a guy I had to look up. I'm not going to lie, so I won't. I, I, I don't know if I saw his birthday, but I have an idea where it is. He's one of those guys I would not know his name unless I looked it up. I know uh, the face. Yeah. Much like you have, like a Ted Kennedy story and a Bill Murray story. I have kind of a Peter Scolari story. Yep. But I always think of Peter Scolari as being like the Philip Michael Thomas of like sitcoms or Philip Michael Toms is the Peter Scolari of like cop shows. So, you know, back when we were like eight or nine years old, there was a TV show in the early eighties called Bosom Buddies. Yep. Tom Hanks. No, no great, don't great piece of comedy, but the two main stars were like Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. And if you looked at that show, you're like, you're like, no way one, either one of these doofuses is ever going to amount to anything. Well, one of the doofuses became Tom freaking Hanks and the other guy became Peter Scolari. Okay. So I was like, so my only, real connection to Peter Scolari's when I think I was in college and my parents were visiting came down to Boston to visit me for the day and we're like in the north end looking for a good restaurant it's like four o'clock in the afternoon but you know we're like all right we'll just beat the crowds we eat dinner early probably go they're probably heading home afterward and I'll you know we go into this nice Italian restaurant but like one of those cool Italian restaurants where it's tiny there's like six tables in the whole place so the only people in there were me my parents Peter Scolari and a much younger woman that's my story <laughs> He didn't buy you a beer, nothing. That's all you got. No, and I'm not saying it was like his his like romantic campaign. Might have been his daughter. I don't know. Yeah, I was, well, I was just thinking like that's Peter Scolari. That's the other bosom buddy. Anybody under the age of forty has no idea, or nor do they care what I'm talking about right now. But I threw it in there anyway. Well, there you go. And that's what a way to wrap up our birthday segment. You want to try it just for the hell of it, even though you don't know who he, how old he is? Yeah, it's a lot of pressure on you trying to find these birthdays. I understand. It's a tough week for birthdays. I had to pick a guy who passed away just because I thought, you know, we've talked about him. I thought it was meaningful. So I hear something tomorrow on the radio about someone's birthday and we're pissed off. So you better mm. be on top of this. Well, then you do it. Anyway, Peter, Solari is 65 for you kids of the 80s. Like myself. All right, enjoy your Cowboys game. We're taping this on a Sunday. We'll drop it tomorrow or maybe later tonight. I'm not sure, but um, enjoy the Cowboys. Enjoy the Giants on Monday night. Enjoy the baseball yeah. this week, and uh, look forward to doing it again next week as we have yeah, 15 months. So, oh, yeah, we are also now on we are on, we're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're also now on Google Podcasts. So, you know, just anywhere you get a podcast, you should be able to find the DPC podcast and tell your family, friends, and Write a review. Give us a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. All, right. All right, man. That'll do it for this edition of the EDBC Podcast. Eric Dobrats and Ryan Coleman. Ryan, say goodbye. See you.